Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved, beloved family. Good morning. This is Mother Miriam live, but something just happened to my computer and I'm reconnecting so you should be able to see me even though I can't see you in a minute. Let's just see if this works. Hello, hello, hello. Does that work? James, does that work? No, it does. Okay, very good. So we're live. Very good. Blessed be God forever. But technology, sometimes it goes wrong. Uh, more than not, it goes right. So we're very grateful to God. I want to tell you right at the beginning of the program that um, uh, LifeSite News reported on its website this morning that Cardinal Burke, Cardinal Raymond Leo announced that he had been diagnosed with COVID a week or so ago and was being treated well, um, subsequently went into the hospital on a ventilator. And the news this morning is that actually his health is rapidly deteriorating. He contracted pneumonia on top of it, and he's in serious condition. Please pray for that Orthodox Holy Shepherd of the Church. Um, I have no question that whatever alertness he has, he's offering for the Church, for its salvation, for the salvation of its people, for the restoration of all that is holy and right. Uh, I don't think he'd miss a second to offer his sufferings for that. Let us not miss anything in um, in praying for him, dear ones. Okay, um, pray with me for our hero, Cardinal Burke. And you know, well, some of you know that it was... Um, it was Cardinal Burke who initially uh, learned of my dream and invited me to found this community, the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, back in 2008. And um, he has been uh, supporting us uh, through prayers and other uh, uh, messages ever since. So we are grateful for him and we ask that you join us in prayer pray a rosary for him today with your family if possible with your friends with your bible study with your office pray for him um you know that every morning i try to think of what will help us to live the faith what will help us in this time of utter uh, maybe not utter maybe it could get worse yet but abandonment of the faith by our shepherds, confusion, not just abandonment, utter destruction of the faith by our shepherds, bishops, cardinals, all the way up to the top. And what do we do? We do what people have done in the past. It's the faith, the faithful that have kept the church going uh, in the uh, fourth century with the Arian crisis, all the bishops um, abandoned the faith and abandoned God and would not claim that Jesus Christ was God. I think Bishop Athanasius was exiled and um, and it was uh, the the bishops totally abandoned the faith. It's it's what's happening today, day by day by day by day. Two, three, four, ten bishops are falling, and they're focusing on the salvation of bodies through this COVID 
um, I, I'm not going to say pandemic. It's a, um, um, uh, I don't know what to call it. It's it's a it's it planned to it, filled with ignorance, filled with evil, filled with everything that's going to destroy people in the world and allow government takeover. No one has any right to give us any injection that we don't want. No one has that right. They take it like the not no, but they have no right to do that. They have no right to demand it. Uh, they can say we want you to have it, but we have the right to refuse. When they refuse us the right to refuse, they are Nazis. And uh, sometimes we have no choice because they use physical force. But um, that's where we're at, beloved. And so to me, the, um, the only solution, the only solution is the one God gave from the beginning. And it's the restoration of the family. And you could say, well, Mother Miriam, come on. We know that you're... Something happened. Um, we know that, but this is really crucial here. You've got to change the subject. No, I don't. God has not changed the subject. It is the family in times of persecution that is the survival of itself. No one else is going to help you. And the survival of civilization and the survival of the church. Um, and vocations and the Holy Eucharist. Without vocations, there's no Eucharist. Without the Eucharist, the world does not exist. The Eucharist is our Lord Jesus Christ. So um, you need to teach the family the faith. And I keep going back to our latest source. This is the faith by Ken Francis Ripley. And that we will uh, taking sections of from time to time. But for some reason... Uh, Crisis Magazine Online had an article on St. Edith Stein, St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross, uh, Benedicta de Cruce, um, uh, by Regis Martin today. Now, why uh, it, it was spurred today, I don't know. Uh, her feast day is August 9th. That's when she became a martyr at her choice. Um, and her life is one of... Uh, that could be wonderfully emulated. And it's not a very long piece. But as I read it, I thought, this is what we need to impart to our children. We need to impart the faith. But we need to impart to them who we are, not just our religion as Catholic. It's not the point. We are God's people. We Catholics are the fulfillment of God's people Israel through the Messiah. And we are the people of God. The new Israel, Paul calls it in Galatians chapter 6. The new Israel of God, which doesn't negate Israel in the flesh. The old Israel, absolutely not. But we are the new Israel of God, fulfilled um, in the spirit, what Roy Shoman uh, calls uh, post-Messianic Judaism. The Judaism that flowered um, after the Messiah came through him to the four corners of the earth, to every tribe and tongue and nation and people. We are the people of God. We must not hide. We must live our faith. We must unite with him at all costs. And as St. Teresa of the Cross says, Edith Stein, we need to unite with him. We need to take our position at the cross. And if you can teach your children to do that, they have nothing to fear, including death itself. Nothing to fear. It is an absolute tragedy and disgrace for any Catholic to die 
without giving witness to Christ, a total loss and an abandonment of him. We need to unite to him, unite to the cross. You say, come on, we're human beings. That's frightening. So what? So it's frightening. It wasn't pleasant for our Lord. We need to unite with him. We are in him. He is our only hope. He is our only savior. And we need to trust him for what happens to us and not live in fear and not hide. And more than that, be witnesses. We have what the whole world needs. God help us if we hide or keep it to ourselves. Allow me if you would. You're not going to stop me because I'm going to do it anyway. But it's not a long article. And I want to read this to you because it's the example of Blessed Edith Stein. It doesn't have hardly anything of what she, the suffering she went through. But it's a real summary. And it begins on the 14th of May, 1940 following a massive invasion four days earlier by the German high command, Holland was forced to surrender along with Luxembourg and Belgium, each fated to spend the next five years in a state of brutal subjugation under the heel of the Third Reich. I personally, dear ones, believe that we're there today. Um, Um, I think I mentioned yesterday that I saw a headline on Fox News, of all places, that President Biden is the most demonic president this country has ever had, and he's led his own party back into slavery. It just is insane what's happening in Afghanistan that he doesn't take responsibility for. He just walks out on vacation, gives insane speeches. Uh, It's insane. I don't know who rules him or what rules him, but it's absolutely, absolutely insane. And so we are there, beloved. Uh, we are becoming, begun, we have begun to be ruled by uh, the Fourth Reich, whatever you want to call it, Nazis, uh, uh, communists, people who are power hungry with no wisdom, absence of wisdom totally. The article goes on to say this. Wholesale deportations. Now, this is in St. Edith Stein's day, 1940. Wholesale, and you know she was raised in a, in a Jewish home and practiced her Judaism. Wholesale deportations soon began, especially of the Jews, who were routinely rounded up and sent to concentration camps where most of them perished in gas ovens. Now, uh, there are all kinds of determined camps, and I, why not call them concentration camps? They're concentrated with people who will refuse to take the COVID vaccine. We're being sent, the camps are being set up in every city now. It's insane. Um, I haven't seen them. I'm just reporting what I've heard and read, which is available to everybody. Um, I can't believe it's the music for our first break already so quick. Beloved, at the second break, we'll take your calls, your emails, your texts, and the toll-free number, if you'd like to get a head start, is 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTague discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. love listening to the Station of the Cross on your car radio, but sometimes find yourself driving outside the listening area? Never miss another minute of your favorite show. Download the iCatholic Radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world 24 hours a day. The iCatholic Radio app is available for your phone in the Apple Store or for your Android phone in Google Play. Visit thestationofthecross.com for more information. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved family, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, I see you've got a, a couple of folks calling in, and I'm so pleased with that. And right after our second break, we'll take your calls in the order you've called in. In the meantime, we just began reading an article on the online crisis magazine email this morning uh, titled Conformed to the Blessed Cross, written by Regis Martin, and it's on the um, the life and the life-giving offering of St. Edith Stein, Teresa Benedict of the Cross. And the reason I'm reading it is I'm suggesting, well, it is crucial that we know our faith and teach it to our children. And you don't have to worry about knowing it to teach it to your children. Tremendous amount of sources online. And again, if we ever finish our current newsletter, uh, it's going to have sources for you. Um, and probably the best online source uh, available. Um, and it's actually, I'll tell you, it's Our Lady of the Rosary Family Catechism. You can look that up online through Voice of the Family, Our Lady of the Rosary Family Catechism, and we'll tell you all about it and give you uh, the connections in our newsletter. But um, And again, you can go to um, motherofisraelshope.org on the web, and uh, just click on newsletter and you can sign up for the email and or the regular mail or both and you can get it. So, um, but in the interim, just go to um, 
uh, Our Lady of the Rosary Family Catechism uh, taught by an outstanding traditional holy Orthodox priest. Um, And so I I highly recommend that. There's nothing I could recommend more highly to you. What I'm reading now is a suggestion that in addition to our knowing our faith, when we know who we are, we live it and we don't compromise even to the point of death. We follow our Savior to the cross. And you say, what are you talking about? That's scary. It, it wasn't pleasant for our Lord, but if we deny him on earth, he will deny us. We need to teach our children that we are entering a time of persecution, not only by the world, but by our own shepherds. There's every day, there's another news article where the governor allows masks not to be worn, no problem, and the bishop commands it, that we have to wear masks or that we have to be vaccinated in order to have the Eucharist. It's insane. It's past Twilight Zone. We have been abandoned by our shepherds. There are a few good shepherds, but they are um, weak in many cases, and silent in others. Uh, very, very few bishops speaking out. And it, it's, I, I, dear bishops, I cannot tell you how it rips our hearts apart, that you will not stand for us, and that, that we need to fight this alone, which we do, which we do. It's just, every day I look at the news and I see another bishop mandating vaccines. That's not your vocation. Your vocation is to save souls. And... Uh, what what's happening here is totally demonic. Anything that that Satan can do to have us be led from the focus of our eternal life, he will do. And if it's done by shepherds leading the sheep astray, um, it is deadly. It is deadly. Read Ezekiel chapter six. What God says about his shepherds who lead the sheep astray. It, it's deadly, and it's deadly for your souls, dear bishops but you will be accountable for what you're doing and failing to do for the sheep. Again, I've, I received a note one day that I'm against bishops. I'm not. I love the church. I'm against bishops who don't live, who don't bishop, who don't live their vocation. I'm against priests and religious and everyone, Catholics, who don't live their faith, but especially shepherds charged with such an enormous... Um, vocation and responsibility is getting the sheep to heaven. Um, I don't know what your focus is or what you care about, but it's not the sheep. No matter what you say, it is not the sheep. Very few bishops, very few bishops are speaking the faith and are protecting the sheep. I can't even count them on two hands. I don't know if I can count them on one. All right, I'm going to go back to this article now. And I'm going to start from the beginning. I only read two sentences. On the 14th of May, 1940, following a massive invasion four days earlier by the German high command, Holland was forced to surrender, along with Luxembourg and Belgium, each fated to spend the next five years in a state of brutal subjugation under the heel of the Third Reich. Wholesale deportations soon began, especially of Jews who were routinely rounded up and sent to concentration camps where most of them perished in gas ovens. By the summer of 1942, the bishops of Holland were ready to mobilize. They issued a sweeping public condemnation of racial barbarity that so infuriated the Nazis that they ordered the arrest and deportation of all Catholics of Jewish descent 
including a Carmelite nun by the name of Edith Stein and her sister Rosa, both of whom would die at Auschwitz on the 9th of August. She had long foretold her end, however, writing her superior three years before for permission to become a victim soul in order to help atone for the sins of the world. Dear Mother, she began, I beg your reverence's permission to offer myself to the heart of Jesus as a sacrificial expiation for the sake of true peace. I know that I am nothing, but Jesus wills it, and he will call many more to the same sacrifice in these days. It was on the Feast of Passion Sunday that she made her appeal. She was not refused. Indeed, Edith Stein was not the sort of person to stumble blindly into events that she would later live to regret. She chose with unblinkered eyes the path that would lead inexorably to a martyrdom she had long desired. Beginning with the name she had chosen on entering religious life, Sister Teresa Benedicta Acruce, which means Blessed of the Cross, she sensed early on the mystical resonance it carried, deriving from a Jewishness she had no wish to renounce. One thing I should tell you, she explained to her superior. When I entered, I had already chosen the religious name I wanted, and I received it exactly as I had asked for it, by the cross. I saw as referring to the fate of the people of God, which even then was beginning to reveal itself. As I understood it, anyone who recognized that this was the cross of Christ had a responsibility to bear it in the name of all. I know a little more than I did then what it means to be betrothed to the Lord in the sign of the cross, but it is something that cannot ever be understood. At the time of her arrest, she was owing to a masterstroke of irony, struggling to finish what would be her greatest theological work, a lengthy study of the science of the cross, which she would not survive to complete, at least not in the form of a book. Instead, she completed it in her life, in the contours of her own body, Right from the beginning, she had confided to her prioress, I've been convinced that it is only by feeling the weight of the cross that one ever gains a scientia crucis, science of the cross. That is why I have said with all my heart, Ave Cruce, um, uh, Space Unica, that is, hail to the cross, our only hope. Less than half a century later, Having in the meantime conformed herself to its actual cruciform shape, Pope St. John Paul II would raise her to the altar, announcing her beatification before thousands on the 1st of May, 1987, at a mass in Cologne, Germany. Quote, we, um, we bow today with the entire church, he told the assembled crowd, before this great woman, this great daughter of Israel, who found the fulfillment of her faith and her vocation for the people of God in Christ the Savior. End quote. The Pope called her a gift, an invocation, and a promise of our time, for our time, emphasizing repeatedly the profound vision she had of her own Jewish destiny as something inescapably wedded to Christ. 
a mystery enfolded within the outstretched arms of Jesus as he hung upon the cross. She was convinced, in other words, that the fate of her people, its 4,000-year history, steeped in living covenant with God, had come to define her own fate as well. Having shared in the strict traditions of the life of Judaism as a child, she could not disassociate herself in any way as an adult from the frightful circumstances that had come to define their predicament. Wherever the swastika appeared in the streets of Holland, so too would the cross Christ loom before her eyes. And when at last they came for both her and her sister, who had likewise been marked for the deportation and death, she simply said, come, come, Rosa, we will go for our people. In one of her last letters, composed in the long shadow cast by the cross, she expresses with complete confidence the certainty that God will soon be coming for her, eager to gather her up to become that pure oblation she had always longed to be. I always, she said, I always have to think of Queen Esther, who was taken away from her people for the express purpose of standing before the king for her people. I am the very poor, weak, and small Esther, but the king who selected me is infinitely great and merciful. And he had, of course, long before chosen this weak vessel to stand in the breach for God's people, a people he would never forsake. At the mass of her beatification, a passage from the epistle of St. Paul to the Galatians was read that reminds us of the life and death of every martyr, a word which means one who gives witness. That's what the word martyr means. It means to be a witness, as did either sign. And Paul says, May I never boast of anything but the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through it, the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Beloved, though that's our marching orders. Every one of us needs to be able to say, May I never boast of anything but the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through it, the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. If you cannot say that, beloved, you, you have growth to do, and that's not a problem, but don't abandon your call. The article goes on to say, Paul's text could scarcely be more applicable to Stein, whose entire life was consecrated to the pursuit of truth, destined to see it all come to the most sublime completion, a most blessed consummation, really, in the same cross to which, like the Apostle Paul before her, she too found herself conformed with it and in, with and in for the world. Blessed be Edith Stein, blessed be her cross, our only hope. End of article, beloved, but not the end of our marching orders. We need to be conformed to Christ and to his cross. We need to take up our cross daily and follow him. These are not just pie-in-the-sky goals. These are our instructions as Christ ones, Christians, those who belong to Christ, those who claim to follow the Savior of the world. We must take up our cross and follow him. We can dawdle in the world if we want, but we will be a disgrace to his cross and to the one who gave his all for us. Don't be afraid. Live your faith. Hold nothing back from God. 
He will never, ever, ever abandon you. There's the music for our second break, dear ones. And when we come back, we'll take your calls, your texts, your emails, um, and we'll be right back. Don't go away. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. My name is Nathan Wigfield, Executive Director of the St. Thomas More House of Prayer a Catholic retreat center in Cranberry, Pennsylvania, with the mission of praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours. Our goal is to help people experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer that will change their life. The Catholic Church teaches us that the Liturgy of the Hours is the prayer that Christ Himself, together with His body, addresses to the Father, and that its purpose is to sanctify each day in the whole range of human activity. That means every time we pray, our relationship with Christ is deepened. We are united to the faithful of every time and place, and our entire day and work are made holy unto the Lord. To learn more about the prayer of the church, please visit liturgyofthehours.org or call our retreat center at 814-676-1910. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome, beloved. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live. This is our whole half hour together. And you're welcome, as I've said many, many times, to call in with anything at all on your heart. It does not have to be our subject. It needs to be the matter of your heart. And the toll-free number is... one five four eight three. Hold on a moment. I repeat that, one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Edward from California, you patient soul, you've been holding on a while. Hi. Good morning, Mother. Good morning, Edward. How are you doing, sweetheart? I'm doing very well. I'm going to go to Mass. Oh, very good. Are you 13 now? Yes. I thought you were good for you. And how are how are you doing, sweetheart? How are you doing with your faith? Well, I I've been going to spiritual journeys, but I think things will be better. I, I on Assumption Sunday, I I did a solemn act of consecration to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. You couldn't do anything better than that. Not this side of heaven, Edward. God bless you, sweetheart. Very good, very good, honey. Do you have a question? 
Yes. I'm beginning to look into apologetics and good. I'm I I'm, I I think you you were you were an apologist at one point. Yep. <laughs> if you if you if you if nine years with Catholic lot. Answers. Nine years with Catholic. You know what an apologist is, sweetheart. Um, the word be, it comes from Peter, who says, "Sanctify." That is set apart. Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, being always ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you for the hope that is within you. The word defense is. Um, apology or apologia, I don't know which way it's pronounced. It means not to be defensive. It means to give a reasoned explanation. To be an apologist is to be able to say not just what we believe, but why we believe what we believe. And every single Catholic alive should be able to give a reason of why they believe what they believe. We are all to be apologists. We are all to be able to give a reasoned explanation for our faith. Yes, and there's something, and I don't understand why we believe. I don't understand what the doctrine of our faith is, what the dogma of our faith is on salvation. I don't know, as in, as in, are we saved by faith alone? Are we saved by faith in active, char- in active works? I, I don't understand. Edward, you've been raised in a Catholic family, haven't you? Yes. You've always struck me as very solid, uh, independent, and a believing Catholic. Is that true? Independent, no, but... No, yes, no I, well, none I of us are truly independent. You're Catholic. Now, you've been raised in a Catholic home, right? Yes. Are your parents Catholic? Yes. Do they practice? Mainly one, one, one more than the other. One more than the other. Do they go to church every single Sunday? Yes, we make it, it's very, we, we need to fulfill our Sunday obligations. And well, we I, I wish, if we don't. well, this is very true. I, I hope you'd go out of love, not out of obligation, but obligation's a good start. Uh, do you all go to confession on some kind of a regular basis? Yes, I was in fact planning to go to confession today. Okay, very good. Why don't you know the Catholic dogma on salvation? Why do you not know, at age 13, raised in a Catholic family, what the Church teaches about salvation? I don't mean you need to be a full apologist, but why are you first calling in, I love you, and I, I, I bless God for you and your heart and your mind and your question, but I'm wondering why at age 13, raised in a Catholic home, you're intelligent, you're a thinking young man, why are you first asking this question at age 13? Well, Have I you wasn't... been confirmed? No, not yet. Well, you need to be. Okay, go ahead, though. Why are you first asking this question? Well, simply, I wasn't... Um, I mean, I, I had the choice to go to Mass as a child, and I decided to go. You shouldn't have had the choice, but, but you did. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there, was, there came this point where I just... I, I thought I was in a good spiritual place, and I wasn't. There were, I, w- I, was, I was in a state of grave sin, and I was... And, Finally, okay. to the point where I was tired of it, I stopped. Go- I, I I said I, I can't keep going to confession for some for this, and so I started praying the rosary every day. But yet, there's things that I that I'm trying to figure out that my my Catholic parents sometimes they can't answer me that. Okay. So there are things so, that they don't know. Okay. Well, we don't blame them for that. They they need to find out though. Whatever we don't know, 
uh, we need to just simply find out because we have a duty as Catholics to know. Um, tell me what you believe, what you believe now, today, is the Catholic dogma of salvation. How is a person saved, according to the Catholic Church? Tell me what you believe. Well, we're not, we're, we're obviously, our words, they don't justify us, but it's by faith, and the, the sacraments, the sacraments, the sacraments are of God. They're well, not now of our you, you, of God. Okay, now, you say the sacraments are of God, and our works don't save us. I'm asking you, what does save us? What is the Catholic teaching on salvation? How are we saved? Don't tell me that. How are we saved? Faith and active good works. How do you know that? You had an apologetics book. Do you believe it? That's from the verses that I saw in that book. That seems to be the way it was, but I'm so confused about it. Why? Well, because there's so many people. They have these, they have all these other strange ideas of salvation. These ideas that uh, uh, by free grace, faith alone. There's Are these other people Catholic? No, a lot of times, there will be times where I'll think someone's Catholic and they're not Catholic, and it's just very strange with, among people who, all of us, we, there's so many differing ideas of salvation, but... All of I us, you mean all of is. us Catholics or all of us so-called Christians or people? All of us so-called Christians. Yeah, okay. You're not interested in so-called Christians, Edward. You are a son of God. You are a child of God and of his church. You need to know who you are and forget Christians. Forget, now you're a Catholic Christian, but forget others. Forget others. You are a soldier of Christ and you need to know your faith and be firm in your faith. You need to be a saint and you need to teach others the faith. All right? Um, Peter says in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 4, verse 12, there is no other name under heaven by which we must, not can, must be saved, and that is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ founded his church. There is no other means of salvation on earth than through Christ, who is the head of his church, which is his body. End of story. There is no salvation outside the Catholic Church, Edward. And to be a Catholic... You need to believe that Jesus Christ is indeed the Son of God, and God the Son came, born of a blessed virgin, uh, grew up among us, died on the cross for our sins, rose again from the dead to give life to all who will come to him. To come to him fully is to come to him through the church he established on earth and through the sacraments he gave us, uh, primarily um, the Eucharist. Unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Do you believe all that I just said? Yes. Okay. Do you have any question about it? Do you have any doubt about it? No, it's just, it's very, because people always accuse us as Catholics of believing in a works-based salvation. Well, because they're, they're ignorant. They don't understand. Catholics have never taught we're saved by works. There's no way. The faith without works, as James says in Scripture, infallibly, is dead. Faith without works is dead. We're not saved by our works. We're saved by a faith that works. And so if you're going to waver in your faith because of others who attack you, 
you're going to be very weak your whole life, and you will never be a soldier of Christ, Edward. God has given you a tremendous mind, and um, you need to strengthen that with truth. I'm going to suggest, dear one, uh, do you have a pencil to write down a few books? Let me see if I can get one. Do not, but I'll be able to, if you could just tell me, I'll be able to see the podcast and I'll see. Okay, very good. Um, Number one, The Spirit of Catholicism by Carl Adam. The Spirit of Catholicism by Carl Adam. Number two, Catholicism and Fundamentalism by Carl Keating. I'll repeat it. Catholicism and Fundamentalism by Carl Keating. Number three, Surprised by Truth edited by Patrick Madrid. Um, Number four, This is the Faith. It's what I am at times read over the air. This is the Faith by Ken Francis Francis Ripley, R-I-P-L-E-Y, through those four books. Don't talk to your family. Don't talk to Protestant friends. Don't talk to weak Catholics. Go before God and read those books and ask our Lord through his Holy Spirit, to cement the truths of the faith into your heart and abandon any confusion. Don't listen to anybody outside the faith. You need to get strong in your faith, and then anything they say to you will not make you weak, will not confuse you. Nobody can say anything to me that challenges our faith. means nothing to me. It only means they don't know what it is to be Catholic and truly saved. Don't waver with conversations with other people, Edward. You get strong in your faith like the saints did. And let God use you. Thank you so much, Mother. Okay. Do not waver, Edward. If you find anything that you're reading as you study that you waver on, give me a call. I always love to hear from you. But you get strong in your faith. Your parents need your strength. They don't know their faith. They're not living their faith, not as it should be lived. Or your friends. Don't worry about being the only one. You can be a saint in the midst of them and lead them to salvation. Okay? Yes. All right, my man. Edward, God bless you. The enemy, don't let him get you. Don't let him defeat you. What your heart right now, your wavering, your fear, your weakness, none of it is God. It's all of the enemy who wants you to not be a saint. Thank you so much, Mother. You're welcome, sweetheart. Okay, we have a call from someone in Oklahoma who's calling in anonymously. Um, Are you there on the line? Yes. Hi. How are you doing? Uh, good. Um, I guess maybe it's a rhetorical question, but I, uh, I'm at a loss for people I know personally um, that I talked to that were going to get the, what I call the vax, the shot, that are good people, good Catholics, go to church every Sunday, always helping people. And I, uh, one man in particular, I talked to him about the, the, what I call murdered baby tissue, but fetal tissue uh, used in the production. It is murdered baby tissue. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. And used in the, you know, the production of the shots. I mean, they got the Mm -hmm. shots because of that. 
And he said, well, my priest and, and the Holy Father said it's okay. And he went and made appointments. And about 30 days later, his wife was dead. And they chalked it up to, oh, she was just old. And even though she had trouble two days after the first shot. And he still to this day thinks it's, oh, it was just that. And I, I don't understand why are, no one's talking about this when they talk about the shots and they talk about how dangerous they are. Even the big name alt doctors uh, that are on the news all the time, or the radio, they won't bring up about, I think this is the most important part of the yeah, it's demonic. It's simply demonic. Uh, the music is there for our break. After the break? Sure. Okay, hold on. And, beloved, we'll be back. We'll have a little more than 10 minutes when we come back. And you're still welcome to call in. Toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We'll be right back. station of the cross we proudly bring the truths of the catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices and we're grateful for the feedback we've received i discovered the station of the cross rather providentially a year ago i've been a loyal listener ever since i can't overestimate the value of the station what it's made a difference in my life in terms of making me better informed catholic has enriched my faith and sold me during tough times and made me laugh on several occasions I commend the important work of this great apostolate. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I listen to the radio. And if I can listen to something that brings me closer to God, closer to Jesus Christ, then it's the most beautiful thing. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, Love in Truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, we have 
have a little over 10 minutes, and we're uh, happy to receive your calls at toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or your emails at motheratthestationofthecross.com. We're on the line with a dear woman from Oklahoma who uh, does not understand um, the silence on um, vaccines made from aborted fetal cells. Are you there, dear one? Yes, Mama. Yeah. So uh, it's ignorance. It's absolute ignorance and um, fear, unfounded fear, wrongly founded fear, and an abandonment of the bishops, and I'll say the Holy Father himself, to teach what is right and to teach the faith. Now, I'm going to get flack for that, I know, but the Holy Father said it's okay, and it's not. So... Uh, Holy Father has said a number of things in his pontificate that are not okay, and he's caused tremendous confusion and sin. Um, uh, we need to not base our life, our Catholicism, our eternity before God based on bishops and priests, cardinals, or anyone else. We have a conscience. We know what's right. If we had good bishops guiding us or our own personal bishop uh, in our diocese was good and holy, we could trust that. But otherwise, you just will not stand before God and have any excuse based on the fact, I did this because my priest told me, because my bishop told me. We have to grow up into the faith and know it and make our own decisions. Does that make sense? Yes, Mother. But how, like this gentleman i know is such a good man and you know he's blind and he refuses to be unblind he refuses he is blind he's bought a a a a false narrative and even though his own wife was killed by the vaccine he won't believe it he'll give excuses to everything he's blind we're so used in this world to a fast fix fast food, fast cure, uh, give me a prescription that's going to cure me overnight. And the vaccine promises that. And nobody wants to suffer or take the time or live in the unknown. So they take a vaccine that supposedly eliminates the unknown and it kills. So no, it's, it's, the, it's the fruit of our weak, undisciplined, self-centered culture that does that. No responsible person into the vaccines would make that decision. If you look on the Station of the Cross website, I'll tell this to everybody, uh, they have a source on their homepage, thestationofthecross.com website, and it targets exemptions for college students. So if you have a college student and you want are you could look on their website the website is mykidsmychoice.com um, they, there's a resource for vaccination letter templates that you could write on news.gab.com um, the national catholic bioethics center uh, ncbcenter.org has another template of letters you can write that legitimately refuse the vaccine made from aborted fetal cells and that are otherwise dangerous you can, sometimes Mother, you just can't turn you. people around. I want to thank you and LifeSite News and Children of God, God's Life. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. the only ones out there talking about this. And even amongst those who are throwing Jesus' name around, they won't talk about it. And I just want to thank you for that. 
Okay, bless you, my sister. Thank you for calling in on it. It just shows there are numbers of people that that do think, that do care, uh, that do uh, know that truth and facts matter. So it's good to hear from you. God bless you. Thank you. All right. We have a text from somebody who writes in anonymously and says, Mother, I often leave Mass on Sundays feeling unfulfilled. Now, I don't know who you are. I don't know if you're Catholic. I don't know if you're going to a novice order or a traditional mass. So it's very difficult for me to maybe put this all in context. But this person writes, I understand and appreciate how love the Eucharist. But something about the actual experience leaves me desiring more. Again, so I'm guessing you're Catholic, but whether it's novice order or or um, traditional, I, I don't know. This has not always been the case. I remember when I was younger, I used to be really infatuated with the experience of the Mass. At that time, many years ago, I was attending a different parish. I'm wondering if perhaps I just need to find a new parish, search for a more effective priest, or perhaps I'm just being unrighteous. I hope that you may be able to provide me with some guidance. Thanks for taking the time to address my question. I don't know that I could answer you on that uh, because our spirituality does not depend on an exciting priest. Um, Effective, perhaps, uh, the effectivity of a priest's actions or homily has to do with the application of the Holy Spirit to our heart. Um, If he is not teaching the faith, if he is degrading our Lord, if he's bringing God down to the people instead of bringing the people up to God, you know, all of that, uh, that could be very, very disheartening. Um, it could be that you need a new parish. I have no idea. I'm going to guess you're going to Novus Ordo, in which case I would suggest you find a new parish and, and see if you could find a traditional parish if you can. Um, but the fact is we don't go to Mass to get anything. We go to Mass to give. Um, we don't go to Mass to be pumped up and fed, and we are fed with His body, blood, soul, and divinity, but we go to worship the God who's there, not to get anything out of Mass, but to give our lives to Him. And when we go to give our lives to Him and to truly to worship Him with the worship uh, He is due, then we are, then we are filled. We don't walk out disappointed because we didn't get out of it what we want or what we think we need. That's not the role of the Mass. The role of the Mass is to represent the holy sacrifice of our Lord on Calvary, that we may join our sufferings with Him and offer ourselves to the Father and receive His offering of His self, body, blood, soul, and divinity. We go to give ourselves to God, and that's what we need to do. And if you don't do that, no matter what parish you go to, it, it will not be uh, fulfilling to you. We have an email from Mary Grace who says, Hi, Mother, my husband and I, married for three years, are hoping to become parents. We've been trying to become pregnant for around 15 months now with no success. I'm starting to become fearful that I may never be able to become a mother, which I so desperately want. Now, there's a question I have right off that you've been married for three years and trying to become parents only for half that time or less than half that time. 
uh, unless a marriage is consummated, unless you're open to life, uh, it's not a marriage. So how you've been married for three years and only trying for 15 months is a, is a mystery to begin with. Um, and Mary Grace writes, I was wondering how the church views infertility medications or drugs that assist women in becoming pregnant. Well, there could be good drugs that assist your system as long as they're not birth control, as, the, as long as they're not contraceptive against conception. Um, she says, this is something I've discussed with my doctors, but I've always been hesitant to move forward with this out of fear that I will be interfering with God's natural plan for myself and my body. Um, would it be wrong or even selfish of me to take something that would essentially alter my body's natural functions for the sake of my own personal desires? You don't want to do that. You want to take medication that helps your body's natural functions to do what they were creative to do. Um, call Couple to Couple League. Call the Couple to Couple League and ask them these questions. And they'll be able to direct you on, on what to do and how to help. Okay? Um, uh, your, your desire to be a mother is holy and good. Call Couple to Couple and let them direct you. God bless you, and uh, we'll speak with you, God willing, tomorrow.